Hey everyone, welcome to Craft Studios, the podcast where we pick three beers from a single brewery to pair with three acts of a movie we selected. We'll talk about the movie, the beers, and even some about movie snack pairings. I am your host, Jordan Daly, and with me, as always, my favorite co-host, Don, the duplicitous taint, Boon Vasudi. <laughs> Don, I'm not what movie taint. are we going to talk about you, today? You've changed. <laughs> you've changed. Uh, today, uh, if you pick up those quotes, there's many of them. You might not have, because I don't know how many of you have seen this. Today's movie is 2013's This is the End, written and directed by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, starring James Franco, Jonah Hill, and Seth Rogen, and a whole slew of other uh, characters from the uh, Everyone else. Apatow universe. It's not an Apatow-directed film, however. Uh, this is based on Jason Stone's soft film, Jay and Seth versus the Apocalypse. Uh, this movie itself is uh, quite the uh, improv uh, movie, if I've ever uh, seen one. Um, I liked it. Yeah, there's I, there's more improv than anything Robin Williams has ever done. Definitely, definitely. I, I like it, but I can totally see why people, flip side of uh, hated it. Um, before we get too far into it, uh, what's today's brewery we're going to get into today? Uh, today's brewery is our first international brewery, uh, which I think is pretty fun. I took a trip out to Toronto for work and made sure to visit Bellwoods Brewery. Uh, it's a really, really nice place out there. Uh, I had it a couple of times at a couple of different beer fests. Uh, Bellwoods Brewery began as a small brew pub in the west end of Toronto in 2012. Uh, their brewing styles range greatly, and they always remain open to new ways of making beer. For the most part, their current efforts are devoted to aromatic hoppy stuff, crisp lagers, barrel-aged wild blends, fruit-forward zingers, and the occasional barrel-aged stout. There's always a new creative project waiting in the wings. This brewery is really, really great out in Canada. It's... An interesting beer scene out there, but they are definitely one of the best in Toronto. Yeah, no, the beers that you got me are uh, really good. Um, interesting little convo we had. I didn't know that uh, there are regulations in other countries about how much alcohol can go into a beer. Um, I, you know, yes. you would think like Canada, the entire country is uh, has legal marijuana, but. You have to label the beer if they're over ten percent, if that's correct. It's it's actually over six percent. Wow! So six percent is the line, uh, and, and it's funny to me because I think the first time I saw this was maybe six years ago in Australia. Beers have to have a label if they're over six percent that says strong beer. Now there is a style of beer called a strong ale, so I thought for a little bit every time I saw something in a grocery store that it was a strong ale, until I realized that there were all different varietals, they were just over six percent. And that's interesting to me that uh, you know I guess I guess it's pretty good, right? Because uh, you know somebody who doesn't know like of craft beers and things like that, they'll they'll probably pound down like two like 15 percenters and you know they'll be like hammered but they'll they'll be confused they'll be like a, you know i can usually drink like eight or nine beers a night how come i drank two of these you know 15 percenters and, and i'm hammered now you know or like a triple ipa or something like that so um yeah. that's uh that's kind of interesting um yeah it it definitely opens up a little bit of an interesting side of beer as well you know in in the u.s you see that a lot of IPAs are 7%, 6%. 
going up towards like that 12-15 range on some triples. When I was up in Toronto, the interesting part was there were a lot of low-end IPAs. Uh, a couple that actually were down in like the 3% range, kind of like a bikini beer style, where it was low carb, low ABV. You could have a couple and still go and, and drive or do whatever. Really different aspect of craft beer that we don't get a lot out here in the, in the U.S. Yeah, no, that is interesting, right? Because like typically like one of these like doubles or like these triples, they're, um, you know, they're, uh, they're kind of heavy or they're kind of bitter. Uh, not so much with uh, with this brewery, and um, kind of goes back to maybe like a different like Canadian style of uh, brewing, or just like a non-U.S. style of brewing. Um, yeah, you might yeah, be. Yeah, like I said, I I've seen it on UK beers, I've seen it here in Canada, and I've seen it in in Australia. Not sure where else they do it, but it's definitely a different scene. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. You might be picking up Jordan. I might have be having a little bit of a low energy rift today. <laughs> Uh, we both started new jobs uh, not quite that long ago, maybe about like a month and a half, Jordan, right? So yeah, a month and a half ago. Yeah, so we're putting, we're going all in on those uh, those jobs, and uh, you know, we're we're having a little bit of a low energy riff. You might see a little bit less engagement with us, but yeah. we're gonna we're gonna power through. You know what I mean? One hundred percent, we're gonna power through because it's recording day, and we got to put out some product for you guys. That's we right. We got to make sure we put out the content. We'll be dedicated, if not, uh, if anything, we'll just be dedicated to the uh, to the <laughs> process. Um, we had a hard time picking this film too because we were, you know, we you know you had the Canadian brewery. You know, you're up in Toronto. We already did Scott Program versus the World. Uh, we were kind of going back and forth on different uh, Canadian films. We landed on this one. Um, you know, we I think we were uh, debating uh, The Dead Zone. It's a little bit older. Um, people haven't seen it, but that's yeah. a great film. Great uh, movie. Yeah, great film. Not a lot of people have seen it. It is on Amazon Prime, though, but uh, uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, This is the End. And um, so Act 1, uh, what was the boundary we could, it was, so it's the start yeah. of the movie up to Act one is the party yep and it's gonna be up until uh basically when danny mcbride wakes up yeah uh, yep. i this is the first movie that i really uh enjoy us talking about for the sake that we just get to say the actor's names i know we always confuse that in every podcast where we'll say the actor's name instead of the character or vice versa this one, it doesn't matter. We just say the actual actor's name, and that makes it so much easier. I, I thought that immediately right away that it's so much easier because the actor's character names are the actor's names themselves. And a uh, little funny thing that we'll, we'll mention on and on again is that a lot of times they actually call each other by their full names. So, um. <laughs> yes. No, especially Jonah Hill, uh, post-Oscar, uh, Oscar nom Jonah Hill. Jonah. But we'll, we'll get into that in a second. Let's kick into the beer first. Uh, act one is all about the party, right? The world comes to an end, but there, that happens while they're at the James Franco party, his little housewarming. Uh, the beer we are going to pair it with is called Green Belly. Uh, Don did mention that we were going over a triple today. Green Belly is that triple IPA. It's hugely aromatic with low bitterness and a pillowy soft body, translating a great magnitude of hops into an impressively balanced hazy orb of wonder. This batch is a special four-way citra blend made with citra hops, lupulin-enriched citra hops, citra lupulin powder, and citra spectrum. It is supercharged. With These four hoppy point. elements. 
Uh, exactly. Four hoppy elements uh, combine forces to provide a heightened aroma and flavors of mango, nectar, caracara oranges, and papaya. Uh, man, this beer was delicious. I wish I had brought back more from Toronto. I just brought back one for me and you, Don. Uh, at 10%, it is definitely time to party. It is fruity, hazy, packs a punch. It is very fruit-forward for a triple, but also very unassuming. You could get through through, uh, through a few of these, and it will leave you in ruin just like L.A. during the first act here. Don, what did you think about the beer? And give me some notes on the movie. I, I liked the beer. I liked it a lot. I posted it up uh, on the uh, Instagram page. Um, There's something I enjoyed. Uh like I was saying before, sometimes these triple I pacing can be like a little bit too bitter, a little bit too uh, boozy. But um, with the Canadian uh, toning down of it, it actually it's perfect. At ten percent, uh, it's not too overtly, um, you know, you know, uh, hoppy and all that. So it's it's actually very uh, very drinkable. I didn't pick up a lot of these uh, different aromas and fruits, but. Um, it, the big one I get is the mango, uh, the papaya, and the orange. Not nearly as much, but it definitely gave me a good mango juice. Yeah, I, I like caracara oranges, but uh, you know, if you mix them with everything like that, it's probably just going to taste like an orange at that rate. But this is a very good beer. I actually enjoyed this quite a bit. Uh, but you're right. So the movie, um, very unassuming. Uh, we kind of kick off with. Um, Seth Rogen, uh, who's also playing Seth Rogen, and uh, Jay Baruchel. <laughs> so Jay Baruchel and Seth Rogen are friends, and um, back from uh, you know when they're both in Canada. And so Jay's flying down to LA to come down and see him. They want to go and smoke a whole bunch of weed, just hang out and play uh, video games, have a nice, uh, unassuming uh, weekend. That's when seems like a great weekend. It does, and then Seth Rogen uh, sprouts on him that there's this big party. And then Jay Baruchel already has um, <clears throat> thumbed his nose at it. Sorry about the cough there, but um, uh, you know, you fit, just, you, the cough fit done. Yeah, that I, was a good timing for the. You cough. think so? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so so Jay Baruchel is very not excited about this party. So uh, James Frank, it's at James Franco's house. Uh, Craig's going to be there. He hasn't met Craig. Uh, ever he doesn't like Jonah Hill <laughs> he finds him uh, fake and like way too nice um there's a whole slew of other celebrities there that Jay's not excited about um let me ask you this Jordan Jay Baruchel's character is interesting where you know he's friends with Seth Rogen but he's not really friends with his like his new friends like his new like work friends um if you ever found yourself like that like you kind of like sour you don't like hanging out you just want to be with like your one friend it, you know like do you ever find yourself in that situation? Constantly. I barely even like my own friends. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's definitely something that I could see happening. I don't even know if I would want to go to a party at James Franco's place just because I feel like James Franco is exactly who he is in this movie. I'm sure it's exaggerated because they're making fun of the whole idea of James Franco. I don't. Uh, I don't think he stretched himself very far in this uh, movie. I think you're right. I think yeah. James Franco is exactly like James Franco in this film. Um, you know, with the house and uh, you know, with like the art. You know, and the, everything's art. Um, you know, somebody makes you a sandwich, <laughs> Jordan. That's art. Oh. Just, you know. I mean, they are sandwich artists. They are at, at Subway. They are so. 
Um, but it's funny, it's just Jay Baruchel at the end. So, so thank you, James Franco. So that starts the uh, the first uh, calling of the full names. So uh, it's a you know. So they got this big party with all these celebrities there. Rihanna's there. Michael Sarah's there. Um, Jason Segel. Yeah, Jason. We said, Segel, we said so. Craig Robinson, Aziz Ansari. Yeah. Paul Rudd shows up with a gigantic bottle of champagne, <laughs> like the magnum uh, size Vouv. Like you can't get more pretentious than that. They have everybody there. It's it's a very typical uh, L.A. pretentious uh, party. Um, Michael Sarah's there. He um, he smacks Rihanna right on the ass, and then. Rihanna smacks him back. Uh, you know, I do love Michael Sarah in this movie because he's playing such against his typecast, which makes it so much fun what he's doing. Oh yeah, with he, all the he, coke. And then, um, yeah, you know, it's great. <laughs> I, I, you mentioned that. I do like the scene where he just blows it in Christopher uh, Plas's yep, face. McLovin. Yeah, no, he just <laughs> yeah, blows. It. He's like, like I've, I've never, never done coke. I've before. never done cocaine before. <laughs> I've never done this drug. I don't go before. I will it's like, be your guide. I will walk you through this. That doesn't work on that drug. <laughs> I think one of the lines was like, see, there you go. The first time is like the best stuff you're ever going to have. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it, it's, it's great. And I can see people hating it, but I loved it. I thought it was great. I think making fun of that whole LA scene is um, hilarious. Uh, Jay Baruchel has that conversation with uh, Emma Watson. So Emma Watson's at the party too. That's right. Uh, they accuse him of being a, a hipster. Um, you know, <laughs> I don't know if you your, if we your pants are way too tight around your ankles. <laughs> I bet I bet you hate well loved movies or what? What is it? Not well loved. Generally movies. loved movies, yeah. Generally. Yeah, universally regarded movies. Yeah, yeah. Do we do that, Jordan? I don't think. I mean, we both just agreed that we both hate Forrest Gump, but I don't oh, think yeah, we hate. It's not a good movie. It is uh, generally a piece of trash. I believe uh, so too. I mean, there's good parts of it. I think that. I, it's one of those movies. I feel like it gets worse every time you watch it, or it just gets every made, time. Yeah, it aged so poorly. You, you can make fun of it like so much, you know. Um, the whole "I'm not a very smart man, but I know what love is." I constantly do. I'm not a very smart man, but I know how, you know, a computer works. Yeah, I do that all the time too. <laughs> but um, you know, it's um, I, I don't like that film either. I don't know if that qualifies us as hipsters. Um, but, uh, it might. We have a podcast. I thought that was a big hipster. That is too. We do a podcast on on uh, on independent films uh, mixed with craft breweries. So you're probably right. We're probably <laughs> just like that. Emma Watson totally thinks we're hipsters. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. You know, so friend of the pod, Emma Watson. Yeah, <laughs> she's a she's a loyal listener. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> we can barely get our friends to listen to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, it's because no. they know we hate them, Doc. <laughs> More so now after this. That's okay. They're not listening anyway. What are we? What are we worried about? Um, but yeah, so definitely uh, the party scene's pretty cool. I we were talking about this. I get like kind of like a Canada versus uh, L.A. vibe from you know like the whole like Jay Baruchel's uh, you know representing like the whole like Canada life and Seth Rogen's trying to move in and get into like a higher like celebrity life. I I picked up a big Canada versus like, or I guess like uh, unassuming life versus like a, you know, the, the, the actor, like pretentious life. Um, I picked that yeah, up a lot. It's, too. it's interesting because there are so many like big name Canadian actors out there now, including Seth Rogen being one of them that 
I don't know if it, you can discern that anymore, but definitely if you're looking at Canadian life in general, it is vapid. Uh, the, not vapid. Uh, vastly different than L.A. life. Yeah, no. And, and in Canada, if, if you ever, like, counted them, and it, a lot of times it's, you don't even realize, like, you know, it's like Michael, Michael Sarah's Canadian, Seth Rogen's Canadian, Jay Baruchel, uh Dan Aykroyd. You can go on and on and on. Um, you know, and it's interesting, but it's definitely, you know, from you going to the brewery, it's definitely just a different, like, lifestyle, um, you know, that's in uh, Canada versus the U.S. Uh, yeah. It's just, you know, and I feel like it's kind of prominent here. Like, it's just, you know, the whole unassuming, unpretentious life versus, like, the super pretentious, uh, you know, hipster life that's uh, that's in L.A., so... Um, yeah, the passive definitely. aggression, but uh, Canada's known for passive aggression too. But um, you know, we'll we'll get into. <laughs> Are we all that. except New York? New York is just known for aggression. Yeah, no, it's just known for anger, just uh, yeah. fighting strangers. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, yeah, post Oscar nomination, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill's good in this film. Um, He's fun. He, I do love the exaggeration he does. It's great. Uh, he's so he fake. He feeds into it so well that he's like a changed person after he got the Oscar nomination and that he's been in a movie with Leo and uh, and Brad Pitt. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, yeah, the post-Oscar nominated uh, Jonah Hill playing Jonah Hill. Was this was this before or after Wolf of Wall Street? Um. I want to say this is uh, before we have computers. I, I want so he was only in Moneyball. He wasn't in Wolf. Yeah, and I think that's the that's the Oscar nomination, right? He was not he was nominated for Moneyball. Is that? Um, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he's amazing in Moneyball. Yeah, so is Brad Pitt. Yeah, though. Everybody's yeah. amazing in that movie. Great movie. So I like that movie. I just it's just factually uh, inaccurate, but I I do love that movie. It was on the other day. I was watching it, so um, I'm starting to warm up to it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, no, he's, he's real funny in this film. Um, we'll get yeah. to him uh, a little later. Oh, he, but his... he takes over in act three. Yeah. Like yeah. His, uh, he is the man in act three. His prayer at the end. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> we should, um, we should look that up, uh, when we take oh. one of these breaks, but, uh, yeah, his prayer is just, it's just amazing. So yeah, the, but, the best part of this party sequence though, for me is Craig Robinson. He steals the show. Right? Not only just that little conversation with Emma Watson and Jay Baruchel, but he's he's the party starter. He's sitting there singing. He's wearing a shirt that says, take your panties off. He starts a song called, take your panties off. He just really feeds into the whole vibe of Craig Robinson. And I have a feeling that he didn't stretch any muscles doing this movie. I feel like that is just him. He is the party starter. He is such an amazing uh, human being when it comes down to the stuff like that. No, he's great. He got Rihanna to sing uh, Take Your Panties Down, too. So uh, she did the uh, the hooks on that. So <laughs> that was uh, that was great, too. So, um, But yeah, yeah. So we got the party scene, and then um, you know, that's when it really uh, kind of. So Jay Baruchel, he's 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 fussing about it. He wants to go get some cigs at the uh, the grocery store. Um, he forces Seth Rogen to go with him, even though like Seth's having a good time. He's with his friends, but he kind of forces him to go with him, and that's kind of when the apocalypse begins. <laughs> So, but, um, oh, and then we get all the fun death scenes. You get the Paul Rudd, uh, finally showing up, uh, just really quick. Yeah. Running past the sinkhole that's opening up. <laughs> that's right. The sinkhole takes, uh, Aziz and sorry. It takes, um, 
Takes a couple other uh, celebrities too, but uh, oh, takes Rihanna. What's, what's, takes Rihanna. What's his first name? Crum- David Crumholtz. Yep, David Crumholtz. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you hold all my weight? Can you hold? Yeah, my- I'll, yeah, like, I'll, I'll do just, that. I'll just hold. I'll just take. I'll just grab your arm. I'll swing you over. I'm gonna use all my weight. You can hold all my weight, right? It's like, yeah, I'm gonna swing you over. I'm gonna swing you over. He grabs his hand. He just drops him right into the hole, <laughs> like right away, like this immediately. <laughs> I don't even think he got his hand. He just fell. <laughs> it's just so funny because, like, you know, everybody thinks that they could swing somebody, like, in like actually, he's like, no, you're gonna grab somebody's hand where you when you're hanging like that. You're just gonna drop him like immediately. He's just gonna drop. Yeah, him. this isn't cliffhanger. You're dislocating a shoulder and crying in pain and dying yourself. Yeah. It, I think they weighed about the same. There was just no way that Jay Baruchel swinging him over Jay the Jay Baruchel edge. is like 110 pounds soaking wet in this yeah, movie. Yeah, no, they're like, yeah, he's like 150 pounds in the film. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, that part's great. Uh, Michael Sarah accusing everybody of stealing his cell phone. That's great. You know, The sinkhole opens up. There's fire everywhere. It's like, who stole my cell phone? Who the fuck stole my cell phone? <laughs> Call my cell phone right now. One of you fuckers took I wasted all this good coke on you guys, on you people. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> uh, that was a great scene. And then, uh, yeah, so then uh, he ends up with the uh, with the lamppost into his chest, and then he asks everybody, does it look bad? <laughs> yeah. Does this look bad? <laughs> so he's he he does a he does a great uh, job with like the few minutes that he's got in this film. Yeah. He's really good. So, um, Craig Robinson uh, leaves uh, Aziz and Sari in the hole. He doesn't try to help him out. He kicks, you know. <laughs> Does he kick him into the hole or something? Uh, no, he, he. I think he just falls in. I think he falls. Uh, in. I thought something yeah. fell on Aziz and Sari's arm and it got cut off and then he fell in. It's definitely not Craig. Craig just runs away and then eventually tells Seth Rogen that he tried to save him. Yeah, yeah. At the end, I really tried to save him. <laughs> This is so L.A. Um, but, um, yeah, so he lets him fall into the hole. They all uh, barricade themselves into uh, James Franco's home. Um, I I do really like the quick little scene, and I know it's just such a, a short little snippet, but it's like the whole action movie gearing up thing where you're, you're focused in on the actual items, mm-hmm. and they just list out everything that they have. They're like, we have six bottles of wine, three bottles of tequila, four bottles of whiskey, two, 12 bottles of water. And they're just like showing each thing over and over again. Oh, yeah. One gun. <laughs> the gun from Flyboys. The gun yeah. And, and then the forth. camera from uh, 27 hours. And he's like, it's 127 hours. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he makes the note is 127 hours. <laughs> uh, they make fun of all the James Franco movies. It's it's great. But um. I like the one day, uh, you know, it's like, there's no internet. What do we do? It's like, well, TV, turn on TV. It's like, where's your TV? It's, it's in the floor. It comes out of the floor and then it, it, it's like, um, it's mounted like into, uh, into the floor and then it rises like, Ooh, that's cool. <laughs> and then they start watching <laughs> TV after that. Uh, that was a cool TV though. It was cool how it rose yeah. up out of the floor. So nice, nice house, James Franco. <laughs> um, Good job, James Franco. Besides for all of your art. You know, it's a pretty cool house. Yeah. Although the one thing, and I know we'll probably talk about this a little bit in Act Two, maybe we won't. Why was there no entrance to the basement? Is that an LA thing? Is the entrance to the basement only outside in LA? I, you know, it's, that's right. I it didn't because they had the bus. We'll get to that, but yeah, they had the bus through the floor, and I don't know. Right, or he had to go outside. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's an LA thing. If you can't get into your basement, like. You know, without um, 
going down into the stairs of that. There was a scene at the end where they fall down the stairs, but I'm guessing that's from the second floor down to the first floor. But right, yeah. there was no there was no entrance into the basement from inside the house. Um, I don't yeah. know if that's that was that thing. was odd. Yeah, it was. It was. It might be. It might be. Because um, that 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 looked pretty specific that you couldn't get down in there, unless it was because they barricaded it, and then that's why they couldn't get in that way. But uh, but yeah, uh, so that pretty much wraps up uh, Act One. Was there anything else that we missed? I think we got everything. Yeah, we. I mean, it, it's the, all about the party sequence, right? You yeah. get a little bit of the apocalypse and things happening outside and everybody running away. Uh, I will say I, I think this might be one of my favorite versions of what the apocalypse would look like. Everything on fire, uh, everything being destroyed. It just makes a lot of sense for, to me. You know, I feel like fire just makes sense in the apocalypse, especially in L.A. That was uh, great, though. We'll, we'll get to it at the end. But uh, when they're walking outside, it's like, there's so much fire everywhere. Everything's on fire. <laughs> but um, actually, one of the things I forgot about was great was when um, you know when they were at the convenience store and the apocalypse start and everybody, you know, the blue beams hit and it, you know, it sucks up all the people that are worthy of heaven. And then Jay... Barishal goes back to the party. He's explaining to that, like, what he saw. And everybody's like, what What are you talking about? It's like, Seth, you were there. And then so Seth's too embarrassed in front of his new friends to admit that he saw the blue beams, too. I don't know what you're talking about. So I, I don't know what you're talking I didn't see that, you know. And then he, <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny, too. <laughs> he just, and Seth, uh, Seth Rogen just lied about it. So, um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Definitely a uh, definitely a uh, polarizing film. You could either love that or you could think that was awful. So, um, but yeah, I think uh, let's uh, let's do some food pairings uh, to wrap Sounds this up. Good to me. Look, this is all about the party. We get the party with the, the movie. We get the party in a can, and we're gonna stick with some party treats here. And we're gonna go with some good old fashioned classic buffalo wings. You can do hot wings if you really want to get extreme. There is a lot of fire, so maybe you want the heat. Uh, the buffalo sauce will do more than enough to give a beautiful pairing to this fruity IPA. Spice will always remain king in the land of food pairing with IPAs. I got a thing about wings that I like to do now. Sauceless. I like going sauceless. Just a little Whoa. salt and pepper. Deep fried and no sauce. I think uh, sometimes these sauces are a little too sour. Sometimes they're a little too uh, salty. Sauceless, completely sauceless wings. That's why uh, you're that's saying my new that thing. to the sauce king of New York. I know, that, I that know, hurts me. I know that hurts you. Uh, I know that's uh, anti-promoting your uh, sauces that you create. <laughs> uh, what were those sauces called again, Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> JD's Sauce Stories. That's right. The website is not up and running. <laughs> <laughs> Would not use JD's uh, sauces uh, on my wings. Um, even though he makes those, uh, he's going to have a website and he's going to be selling those soon. I wouldn't use those sauces that JD <laughs> makes, uh, you know, because I don't put sauce on my wings, but other people do. And those sauces <laughs> would, be, would probably be really good on wings that I didn't make. So. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that'll wrap up Act One, and we'll get right into Act Two after a short break. And we're back. Act Two Surviving the Apocalypse in James Franco's Mansion. The beer we're going to be pairing with today is going to be called. Come what may, 
Come What May is a farmhouse-style beer made with traditional Saison yeast, hopped assertively and aged extensively in fodors. The bland takes on layers of refreshing and redefined flavors. Crisp, bitter, and slightly tart, it's a complex beer that is easy to drink. This edition receives a final floral dry hop late in the process just prior to packaging to enhance the aroma. Created as an ode to their previous collaboration with De La Seine, and I'm assuming that is another brewery out in uh, Canada that I have not been to. I guess it's in Montreal. Uh, Very possible. Uh, This beer is kind of all over the place. Uh, I do like it. It's an interesting beer, but definitely all over the place. It toes the line of like this traditional farmhouse saison, but the hops and the photo aging almost seem to take away any of the funk you would kind of expect from this. My opinion here uh, may not be the same as Don's, uh, but the main reason why I compare this beer to this act is it would be completely forgettable if it wasn't for the ultra quotability. Similar to how this beer would be kind of placed as a regular farmhouse saison, nothing too special, if it wasn't for that dry hopping and the photo aging, which makes it really complex and interesting. Don, what'd you think about this beer, and what'd you think about Act Two? Uh, so the beer is interesting. You're you're right. It's a it's a fodor. It's uh it's bitter. Um, it's not as uh it's very hoppy actually. Maybe it's not so much bitter, but maybe it's more hoppy. Uh, and it might be um what we were talking about before with um less of the ABV. So it wasn't um as a, it wasn't as like a full as like a as a U.S. fodor, but it was still it was still very good, and you know. It uh, matches in better with uh, summer if you're looking for something really hoppy. Uh, I'm not a big uh, hoppy person myself, but uh, this was uh, pretty good. Um, but I think you're right in terms of matching this with Act 2. So Act 2, after yeah, the uh, party... Bef- yeah, go Before ahead. you get into the movie, I think when you're, when you're looking at this beer, uh, it's definitely that Brett uh, yeast, so... I think it's like Brettomyces or Brettomycin. Is that what that uh, is? It's a yeast strain. Uh-huh. And so that's why it's like a Brett Saison in a sense. And that's what gives it kind of that funky flavor to it a little bit. Uh, yeah. It's almost like a little, uh, little yeasty, a little bready. But this one, uh, the Fodor aging definitely takes that out of it. So it makes it really interesting. I don't know. Fodor's, uh, Fodor aging has really become a bigger thing over the past uh, year, I feel like. I've seen it a lot more often than I have in the past. You definitely so I'm see excited it. for that process. Yeah, you definitely see it at least like one of them. At every, like, every brewery that you go to, there's some kind of like Fodor brewed um, beer that they have. And uh, yeah, no, you're definitely right about like the whole like yeast. It's real yeasty and real like hoppy. Um, it, I think initially it comes off, it's kind of bitter and it's. Um, it's it's strong tasting, but I don't remember the ABV on it. It wasn't actually that high. I think it was a seven percent, something like that. Oh no, not even seven. I will tell you, it's probably about four and a half. Yeah, nope, it's five. yeah. And so that's why it was kind of it was kind of odd because something that tasted like that usually has a higher ABV. But um, you're right, there was something about it that like there was like two parts of it, and like one of them was like taken out. So um, yeah. You know, but it, ultimately, you know, it was, it was good beer still. Uh, I, I still liked it. But, um, yeah, no, definitely uh, kind of matches in with this act, too, because it's, uh, it's really all over the place. It's really just, you know, now a fight of everybody trying to get quotes out and, you know, just flexing their, their improv uh, muscle. Um, 
but we did talk about this before. I I I like Danny McBride. I know some people don't. Um, I like him. In, <laughs> I do. I like him in this film. I like him in uh, other stuff too. Um, Tropic Thunder, Eastbound and Down. Yeah, uh, you know. Uh, Righteous Gems. Yep, yep. I haven't seen that, but uh, there was the one where he's the principal. Um, I only caught the first season. What was that? Vice Principal, actually. Vice Principal. And it was called Vice Principals. That's right. He was on that, too. <laughs> um, you know, that was pretty good, too. Uh, I, I do like Danny McBride. I liked him in uh, Your Highness. Um one of the notes we That's forgot about it they, <laughs> is they uh, is they filmed uh, Pineapple Express too, so oh yeah, they, <laughs> so they did all the scenes. You know there. what though? That it, they had the perfect title for it. Mm-hmm. I really liked it for the premise, like that Red goes off on this killing spree that he's the new drug lord, and they called it Pineapple Express Blood Red. <laughs> I, I actually really liked the I, the premise behind it. So you're saying that you want to have Pineapple Express 2 uh, greenlit with the actual real version with it. Oh, yeah. I, I think everybody would. I think, that, But that's one of those things that's always been rumored in Hollywood, that there was a sequel for that kind of greenlit, but nobody ever really got behind it. That's probably true. Um, I, I just think that, and I like Pineapple Express, uh, you know, it's... It's definitely a little better uh, under different circumstances, um, if you can kind of guess what I'm saying. But, um, it, you know, it's still a funny uh, film. But uh, Done. I, I want to know what you're saying. It, what are those circumstances? What are those circumstances? <laughs> I believe they involve uh, marijuana and lots of it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, whether they be smoked or, or eaten. Um, but, uh, you know, it, I did like their uh, – I did like Pineapple Express 2 within the film. Um, you know, with the car chases and the, um, and the break dancing. <laughs> and the, uh, the very, very nonchalant Woody Harrelson done by Jonah Hill. Yeah, that's <laughs> weed is for the weed is for the people. Weed is for the people. Um, that was pretty good. I think the, you know, I definitely would like to watch uh, Pineapple Express two. However, maybe this version of Pineapple Express two might be the best version. <laughs> it's already out there in the middle of uh, this is the end. So. But yeah, no, I, I like Danny McBride. I like that he cooks all the food and he drinks all the water. He, he like showers himself in the water. He washes his feet with it. Um, he pees all over the toilet seat. It's, um, it's great. Uh, yeah, Danny McBride not initially invited to the party, however, uh, showed up um, and hid in the house. He basically hid in the house the whole time, too. So that's great. Um, yeah, I, I love that you do not see him throughout the entire party sequence, but he's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's 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 great. Um, again, uh, I do like how they use uh, full names for everybody. Um, you know, I think it's just uh, it's just a great uh, piece of like narcissism that they use throughout the film. Uh, Emma Watson, um, they call her Emma Watson. Uh, they call her her mighty uh, in the film too. Um, but yeah, no. So that's uh, so yeah. So Dan McBride, he comes in, he he drinks all the water, eats all the food, uh, doesn't eat the Milky Way though. The Milky Way gets saved all the way till the end. Um, so I didn't get to eat the the Milky Way. That was important to everybody. But uh, I I gotta say though, it's actually kind of a really like baller move to wake up after a party and cook everybody breakfast because everybody's hungover usually after a party, and not knowing that the apocalypse happened. I think that's just an amazing move. It really shows some class. He must have been drinking a lot or just taking a lot of drugs to be able to sleep through the entire apocalypse and through all the screaming. But, um, <laughs> you know, even when he sees everybody, he doesn't believe that the apocalypse has, uh, has occurred. Um, 
Oh, that's right. The, the guy gets decapitated in front of him, and they play soccer with his head. <laughs> like, shouldn't be playing soccer with this guy's head. He was alive a few minutes ago. Um, but yeah, they play soccer with his head. Uh, they take all the ecstasy. That was the other thing. They take all the ecstasy. Uh, <laughs> you know, Jay Baruchel accidentally. That's right, because they put it in the water, and it's like, well, you just yep. did all the ecstasy in that water, and he spits it out, and then. They get to the dance scene next after that. Um, so, yeah, a lot of randomness into it. Uh, one of the funniest things is when uh, when Emma Watson breaks into the house and then, um, you know, they, you know, they're like, oh, stay with us. You know, everything will be cool. Um, she waited in a ditch for like a day and a half. That's where she waited. And then when um, when it was safe, she came back out and went back to the house. Uh, the guys, of course, mess it up because they have a whole rape conversation. Um, you know, they call... Uh, they, they call Jay Burchell Sir Rapes a lot. Um, you know, that they, uh, they accuse him of being the rapist. <laughs> and then, you know. No, if anybody's going to rape anybody, it's Jay Burchell. <laughs> when you do a, a, a police drawing of a rapist, that's what you look – it looks like Jay Burchell. <laughs> and then, uh, Jay wouldn't rape a fly. <laughs> he couldn't rape a fly. <laughs> um, you know, of course, uh, James Franco hates Danny McBride. So he's like, if anybody's going to rape anybody, it's going to be Danny and then um, – so yeah, so they go back and forth for about like it feels like at least twenty minutes yeah. on the rape thing. Emma Watson hears it, she comes out, she starts bashing everybody, she robs them of all the water, all the food that they got, and then she just stomps out. Um, it's unclear. Did she survive all the way to the end? I think she did, right? Did she um We don't see her again. We don't ever After see that, her again. Right? We don't ever see her again. That was the uh, that was it. Um so yeah, and then Danny McGrath's funny, so Hermione came in and stole all her shit. Um the the uh, the confession cam was great. I initially like when I first saw it, I was like, ah, it's kind of stupid. I don't, I didn't really like the confession cam, but it did get um, a lot better later. Yeah, um, as it goes along, like the original, the first batch of confessions are absolutely nothing. But as it gets later on into the movie, it does get better. It does get better. Um, I feel like this is a little bit gross, but when they start drinking the the pee. I don't think that was in the theaters. I've seen this in theaters. I don't think that was in the theaters. Do you remember that, or did you not see oh, this? Oh come in on! This is a decade ago. I don't. Remember that. <laughs> I don't remember them drinking the pee in theaters. I think that was a, uh, a cut scene that made it back into the um, the home version. So, but um, but yeah, so they're all kind of stuck in the house together. Um, you know, they're all just fighting. They're all clicking. They're all real whiny. Um, it kind of reminded me of uh, John Mulaney's uh, shtick about, <laughs> uh, you know, how women can't do Ocean's Eleven. Men are just as bad. They're just as clicky. Oh. They're just as, uh, you know, with the little sidebars and, you know, with the Probably, favorite friends. Possibly even worse. I think so, too. I've seen this quite a bit as well, too, you know, with uh, group texts. And then, of course, there's like side texts into the group text. They're talking about the people in the group text. Like that, men do that just as much. And uh, if anything, they're probably worse. You're, you're, you're probably right with that. So, um, yeah, but we definitely see uh, them all breaking down and uh, not being able to get along. So, but again, Act yeah, Two's kind of all. I think that place. would happen with anybody. Uh, the more that you are stuck inside a house with somebody for an extended period of time, the more hatred you get for that person. Especially Jay Baruchel, he hates everybody already. So he's he's yeah. already bringing a lot of baggage with him, you know, in that situation there too. So I think he even I says would, it too. I would hate James Franco by like twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I would. Um, I think I would take his porn and meds and uh, jizz all over his apartment too. But um, 
but you know. Uh, Anything else on Act Two? It's kind of all over the place. Uh, we wrote a couple yeah, notes on it. I, uh, I mean, they break through. You know, they get the water. Danny McBride drinks their water again. Uh, he pours it all over and, his body too. After yeah, yeah, he grabs a second glass and they're like, "What are you doing?" And then he pours it all over himself. So he messes and it up again. That's what leads. That's what leads to him getting kicked out. Right. That's right. That's right. We like that part where he gets kicked out. And then Danny does that uh, that honest acting, like, double cross at the end where he's like, you know, I just try to do my best to, like, fit in with you guys. And, you know, I feel, like, alienated the whole time. But fine, fine. I'll go. I'll go. And they're like, no, no, no. Don't do that. Don't do that. And then he's like, he give me what something. What does he call James Franco? Um. Oh, shoot. I forgot. What did he call it's James like Franco? It's like a pussy nerd or something oh, like that. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, that's right. He called him like a cunt nerd or something like that. No, he calls Jonah Hill a cunt. Yeah. Straight up. Um, yeah, I think it was. I think it was like a pussy nerd. It, it, it gets really um, graphic in the uh, oh, yeah. middle of it, um, some of the things. <laughs> and he does call... Uh, Seth Rogen, the duplicitous taint. Yeah, that was a, that was that part. He called him a duplicitous taint. <laughs> um, but yeah, he uh, he does the uh, the passive aggression. They feel bad, and it's like, can you give me something? So James Franco hangs him, hands him the gun from Fly Boys, and then he tries to shoot everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that he tries to shoot everybody. <laughs> it's and, great and that he tried to shoot everybody. That it's filled with blanks, and it's like you just tried to kill us. <laughs> Why would I give you a real gun? It's a prop gun. It's filled with blanks. And uh, he did try to shoot everybody, but that was great. And then at the end, he's like, I'm not leaving because you guys kicked me out. I'm leaving because I want to leave. Uh, you invited me back in already, and now I'm leaving on my own accord. <laughs> and, and when he walks out, just disappearing into the fiery haze, giving everybody the double bird. Oh, that's great. I like Danny Pride too. Um, he's he's funny. So He's a lot, but he's funny. He is. He's a lot. But I think it's – I don't know. I like it. He, um, I'm into it. So – uh, but yeah, <laughs> that was, that was great. Um, what did we say act two went up to? We, uh, from, it basically closes off right around now. Okay. Uh, okay. I think, you know, we could say the beginning of act three is the possession sequence, which we'll get into after our, our break. But yeah, right about now is kind of where it starts closing out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not a long film, actually. I think it was like an hour 47 or like that. It's not a long film. Oh, even less. I think it was like hour 40. Yeah, yeah. It's a short film. So um, kind of like a Sausage Party. That's not a good film, by the way. Um, I don't recommend that one. But uh, So, yeah. Uh, we, can, we can jump right into the food pairing here. Yep. Uh, and, and I feel like I might have said this food pairing before, so apologies if I'm doubling up and repeating one. But... Uh, you get the sweetness from melon, you get the saltiness from some prosciutto, and that would just, you know, pair perfectly with this Fodor-aged Saison. I think it works out. You know, you get that salty fattiness, it cuts right through. The sweetness from the melon cuts right through. It all just blends together really well with kind of like this bready, you know, beer. Uh and if you want to step it up just a little bit more, you can get some duck prosciutto, which comes in really nice because it gets a little extra fatty. 
the the melon prosciutto that's a new one that you didn't break that one up you okay. you have brought up fatty duck prosciutto and then i said i never had duck prosciutto i still haven't had duck ah. prosciutto so that's uh i do recall that the uh, episode i think that was episode three you guys should go back and listen to it uh a few times over just to see what part that was um but uh yeah no i do like uh i do like a melon i'm not a honeydew guy i think it's it's honeydew right does they put it with the prosciutto or you can it, do honeydew or cantaloupe. I'm a cantaloupe guy. I, I don't like honeydew. I think it's kind of trash. Um, I think it's a little bland. Uh, I would go cantaloupe if I was going to be forced to pick a melon. Honeydew there. is definitely the superior of the uh, between the two, cantaloupe and honeydew. Um, no, other way around. No, really? Cantaloupe, cantaloupe is the superior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cantaloupe is the yeah, superior yeah. to uh, honeydew. Honeydew's trash. Um but uh, I do like a prosciutto. I don't really like those things together. Um, you know, I think uh, one of the things that we uh, – I, I thought maybe you thought of the char- charcuterie board. We did talk about that one in the past. Um, I think this folder probably goes with uh, something, you know, something salty. I probably agree with that, like a prosciutto or like a like a pepperoni, like a snack pepperoni. Um yeah. You know, or like, uh, what, what's that other one that's in the charcuterie board? The, um, not the prosciutto, the soprasada. Soprasada. Sopras- yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not supposed <laughs> to say the A's at the end. <laughs> a, a good anti pasta salad. I know. Everybody's flipping Anti pasta. Anti pasta. <laughs> With fresh moots. Um, that's right. You are from Staten Island. Um, I am from Staten Island. <laughs> With a rice bowl. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's called the arancini, Don. Is that really? Yeah, you know, you come on. I did. Rice balls that. are just basically arancini. I thought it was just called a rice ball. Yeah, that's what we call them because nobody knows what arancini is. Oh, uh, look at you! You are from Staten Island. Um, I am from Staten Island. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we got the food pairing. We got to Act Two. Uh, yeah. I think that takes us to a break, and then we'll get to Act Three. And we're back with Act 3, the possession of Jonah Hill and the downfall of society. With this one, we're going to pair Jelly King, Tangerine, and Pineapple. Uh, This is straight from Bellwoods right here. He is a ruler, an overlord, a top dog, a crowned head. In the realm of all that is tart and sour, Jelly King reigns supreme. Rather than choosing between sour or hoppy, They decided to create a beer that would be both at the same time, showcasing the aromatic benefits of a gorgeous dry hop, harnessing the prowess of lactic acidity, and coming to a bottle near you without a pesky slumber in oak, so they are not aging this one. Jelly King is the fermented embodiment of immediate gratification. This limited edition Jelly King variant was conditioned on loads of tangerine and pineapple puree. That is a mouthful about this beer, but this is one of their staple beers. They have so many different Jelly King uh, variants. This one is quite delicious. They had three while I was out there. Uh, This is just a really well-crafted sour. Uh, The dry apping adds some bonus points, but the balance of sweetness and tartness from the pineapple and tangerine is the true star here. Uh, This sweet and sour mixture plays into the third act of redemption for a small group of our main characters. Some are redeemed for their sacrifice, but others don't end up so lucky. Don, what'd you think about the beer? 
And what'd you think about the third act? I really like this beer, and uh, you know, if you guys uh, follow along with the podcast, I'm a big sour fan. Um, the, the this was uh, definitely um, probably as good as the uh, the triple IPA. Uh, I had this with my friend. We shared this uh, in the parking lot right before a Mets game. It was very nice. It's uh, it was a hot day, and this went down really uh, really good. Um, I Speaking did, of the Mets, who won the game today? I believe the Mets beat the Yankees today. So, oh, very nice. Take that, Staten Island. Uh, <laughs> hey, not me, not me. <laughs> um, I usually, uh, I. I I do understand that a Yankee fans are quite upset, and so I try not to uh, really dig in on it, just because I know I'll if they would have lost. In. The Mets won, the Yankees lost, <laughs> rubbing it in. Just getting that elbow right in there. Uh, but this was really good. Uh, this uh, I definitely caught a lot of the uh, tangerine uh, pineapple. It's not too pineapple-y. Uh, it's not overly yeah. pineapple, but it was good. It wasn't it wasn't overly uh, sour. Sometimes these sours are too sour, and then so that kind of ruins it. Um, but this was uh, this is a very nice beer. Um, yeah, super well crafted. Just a, a great balanced sour. Definitely, definitely very good. Um, it was the third beer. Uh, we had to match it with something. Uh, we matched it with Act Three. Uh, Act Three just kind of wraps up the entire. Uh, uh, film. It starts out with the. Uh, is that the possession? Is that where we're starting out? Right? Is that? Yeah. Super weird possession scene. That's right. Because when Danny gets kicked out, Jonah Hill says a prayer, <laughs> which is great. Um, you know, he, uh, he. What What is that prayer, Don? It's uh, dear God, I'd like to pray to you for a second. It's me, Jonah Hill, from Moneyball. I I hate Jay so fucking much. <laughs> and then he gets into it. You know. It's like, I love Seth. You know, he's my friend. Um, you know, and then Jay is the last connection to a shitty, weird Canadian life. Just do me one favor, God. Just kill Jay. <laughs> and so that <laughs> prayer leads to Jonah Hill being possessed. It's it's more of a prayer to uh, to Satan than it is to God. Or it, maybe it is from God, and he sent uh, Satan over to possess um Jonah Hill, real weird. I, I didn't like that. I thought the penis thing was a little bit much. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of penis in this movie. A there's lot. three three very large penises that, uh, in this movie. That's right. Uh, James Franco has a big sculpture of a penis. Uh, yep. The the possession demon's got his giant penis out, and then at the end, the uh, Satan Satan has, has a, penis. his penis out at the end. So a lot of penis, a lot of penis. Um, and so a little too much if. Uh, if I do say so myself. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was that connection too that I was telling you about. It was like Canada versus LA. Even uh, Jonah Hill mentioned some, you know, Seth's uh, shitty, weird Canadian life, um, you know, kind of adding up to that uh, that matchup there. Um, nothing wrong with Canada, by the nothing way. Nothing wrong with Canada. Plenty there. wrong enjoy with. Enjoy our brothers up north. Oh, yeah. Plenty wrong with LA, but uh, nothing wrong with Canada. Um, you know, but. Uh, yeah, so that was that was a strange uh, scene. In conjunction with that scene, uh, they also draw um, matches, the burnt matches again, to see who's going <laughs> to go next door to find some food and water. Uh, the first scene where they did the burnt matches was just to try to get into the basement, right? And yeah. then we were talking about that. Maybe this is like an LA thing. How come James Franco's house didn't have? Uh, indoor like how come you couldn't just go downstairs and yeah. get into his basement so such a nitpicky thing why why is that, i if you're from la please tell me yeah is let us normal? know if you're not allowed to get into your basement um 
you know, from inside the house if that's like a weird like L.A. law or something like that. Um, is it something with earthquakes maybe? I think so. Probably. Right. Probably. Or maybe it has that, to be completely um, separated because of earthquakes. Maybe. I don't know. It'll never flood because it never rains in L.A. So I don't yeah. know. That's that's definitely not the problem. But. So yeah, so they do they do the burnt matches uh, thing again, where like you know if you pick the matches and then you have to go and do the uh, the task. And so this is the second burnt match task where the uh, Jay Baruchel picks the uh, the burnt match. Actually, no, Seth Rogen picks Seth the burnt Rogen match, does. and then just yeah. flat out refuses to go. He He's just like, doesn't nah, go. I'm not going. So yeah, so Seth Rogen's character is funny. He gets like real cowardly at the end. So uh, he just refuses to go, and then Jay Baruchel uh, takes it for him. And uh, Craig uh, Robinson also decides to go with him, not because he's I sacrificing love, himself. No, but, not a sacrifice. It's because he's got them skinny arms that he can't actually carry anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You couldn't carry <laughs> enough food to feed a hamster. Is what the other line is. That's, that's the line. That's a good line. <laughs> so those two go over next door. Um, it was funny when they're both out there because Jay's uh, he's out there. It's like, oh my god, there's so much fire. There's fire everywhere. Oh my god, look at that. And it's like a burnt um, playground. It's like, come on, let's go. Let's focus. Look at that. Innocence lost. And then he's looking over around. And, oh my God, look at that. And, you know, it's, it's kind of funny that um, he's still, like, so worried about looking at everything for its symbolism. I really, really enjoyed the. This sequence might be my favorite sequence of the movie because you get the two separate ones. And I do love Jay and Craig actually having their little thing together. Uh, before running from the demon, where Jay's like, we should just stay here, start a new life together. I'd be so good to you. <laughs> And Craig's like, no, we have to go back. Like, those are our friends. It's like, those are your friends. They're not my. Jay's like, those are your friends. They're not my friends. And then it, it, Craig's like, those assholes are all we got. We got to go back to them. <laughs> and and you know, and then that's when the demon comes. And he starts chasing Jay, and then uh, Craig saves him from the uh, from yeah. the demon. But um, but but in the other house, we are dealing with Jonah Hill being possessed actually now, and it's it's really. It's funny, like it's it's a little bit weird. It's a little bit zombie esque. I don't think it gets truly funny until right after it when they're doing the exorcism. Yeah, I, it, it's it was weird. You know, they got the they finally get the Milky Way out, and then it's like take a bite, and it's put it in his mouth that he can't get into his mouth. And it's like take a bite, and then like chew it up, and then feed it to him like a baby bird. And so James Franco takes the first bite. It's like all right, spell puts like I, I can't. I swallowed it. It's so good. It's so good. And then Seth Rogen takes a bite of it. It's like oh my god, it's so good. It's so good. Every bite is is better than the last. And then so they get down to half of the Milky Way. I don't like Milky Ways, by the way. I'm not a Milky Way guy. I'm a Snickers guy because you have to have peanuts. <clears throat> but yeah, so they they uh, they try to feed it into uh, Jonah Hill's mouth because right because they think he has low blood sugar. And then um, yeah, yeah, and then and he, he gets just like goes off in the whole rant about yeah, you know, it's the, the apocalypse has come. Yeah, yeah, and he throws he throws everybody around the house, and then they hide in the closet. And then, you know, just like a Seth, Bro- Seth Rogen breathes too loud. So he breathes too just loud. Just like me mouth. on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how are you breathing out of your nose loud? You breathe out of your nose loud? It's like, where am I going to breathe from? And so that uh, that scene was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, so then. And then Jay just comes in and knocks him out. Yep, yep, yep. And then, yep, that's right. He brains him, you know, because Jay hates <laughs> Jay hates him. And so he just brains him right away because everybody else wasn't willing to do it. Um, they tie him up. Uh, they do the exorcism. That was kind of funny because he keeps saying uh, the power of Christ. Compels. The power of Christ compels you. <laughs> and Jonah Hill's like, does it really? Does it really? I'm not feeling compelled. Does it really compel me? It's not that compelling. 
it's not that compelling. <laughs> he just says that Does it, Jay? Does it really compel me? And then he was like, oh, wait, wait, wait. It stings a little. It stings a little. And then he raises up the bed. And then uh, crazy lights on fire. And then they have to get out of the house. And then, you know, that's when uh, that's when Craig uh, sacrifices himself. And then um, kind of going back to Seth Rogen gets all cowardly. So Craig sacrifices himself. I'm going to sacrifice myself. You know, for you guys, that's going to, if I want to do anything, that's the last thing I want to do on this planet. And Jay Burrish goes like, you don't have to do that. Don't, don't do that. And Seth Rogen behind him at the same time. It's like, thank you so much. I'm going to, going to be right in the car right afterwards. <laughs> thank you so much. And then, uh, so yeah, they all run into the car. Craig Robinson sacrificed himself. The blue beam comes down. Uh, it doesn't kill the demon, the demon, but it scares take it. your pennies off. Yep, yep. And then he gets sucked into heaven, and it's a, it's a, it's a cool scene because uh, Craig makes it to heaven. Um, movie takes a little bit of weird turn, you know. They uh, they 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 get into the car. It gets rammed by the uh, the RV. It's uh, Danny McBride. He's now the leader of uh, cannibals. Um, hey, hey, it it pairs with the beer man. He does. is now king of the cannibals. That's right. He is king of the cannibals. Um, you know, James Franco. Almost gets into heaven, but then right as he's getting sucked into heaven, he points at uh, Danny Bride, tells oh, him to the double bird. Yep, he tells him to suck it, and then heaven changes his mind and drops him back down. <laughs> because really, really weird Channing Tatum uh, cameo. Oh yeah, very, as well. very weird. Um, I guess because like he was doing all those movies with Jonah Hill, the Twenty One Jump Street and the Twenty to jump street um that's why he did the cameo in that too but uh i did like danny mcbride's line right as um james franco falls it's like that's because you're petty james franco tom petty <laughs> that's what he I did have a good time. one before that too when he called channing tatum channing tatum oh yeah 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 that's right because he finds him in a ditch and then um he's like that's and then <laughs> that's right here he is gi joe Tate, uh, <laughs> delicious team, and then um, yeah, that was really weird. That was really weird. <laughs> he had to Channing Tatum. He was only in it for a few minutes, but it's definitely memorable because you're like, oh shit, it is Channing Tatum. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So then. Uh, so then. Oh, they eat James. Yep. Franco. They eat James Franco. Uh, which is like pretty crazy, and that's cool. a, that's at a point where like oh, this movie got like really crazy. Uh, they eat uh, James Franco, and then that's when Seth and Jay um finally hit off the end uh i was re-watching it i you know i got a little bit interrupted i did recall that they did fight satan it was like in each other's hands and i think they did the thing where they finally were like good people and then they both they both went to heaven right that was the thing yeah. at the end that they, yeah so they finally jay, made up right yeah jay jay basically explains his whole thing away where he's like i'm sorry i've been a horrible friend blah 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 and because he confesses to Seth Rogen. That's why he goes to heaven. Mm-hmm. And then Seth Rogen, while climbing onto him, sacrifices himself so that Jay can go to heaven. Mm-hmm. And that's when uh, the blue light comes down and, and cuts off the devil dick. Yep, yep, uh, yep. You know. <laughs> and so then they both go to heaven. That's right. And reunite with uh, our man Craig Robinson and the Backstreet Boys. That's right. The Backstreet Boys made it to heaven, too. And then they did a little dancing at the end. Um and then that was it. That was it. So, uh, I like this film. I could see people hating it. I could see people like finding no course on it. I know you. Uh, I know you're not a super big fan of it. Um, I'm. I'm kind of indifferent on this movie. I don't hate it. There's some good parts to it. There's some nonsense to it. 
it's kind of just all over the place. I I like the whole making fun of actors or just actors playing themselves. Um, Kirby Enthusiasm did a little bit when they were um, trying to do a Seinfeld reunion. Uh, that was uh, that was pretty cool. But um, I do like when actors play themselves. I think it's kind of funny. Um, I think I like it when they poke fun at themselves. Uh, I'm just like real fascinated with that whole actor LA <laughs> life. Um, and I thought the. This this just kind of hit my uh, wheelhouse. So, but um, yeah. yeah, I can see definitely people hating it though because it is it's extremely pretentious and narcissistic. Oh, one hundred percent. Um, just just all the way back to like calling each other their full names. It's 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 just, it's just so narcissistic. Yeah. It's great. Um, I love it. So, uh, but yeah, I think that uh, I think that wraps it up. Um, anything yeah, else? We can jump into the final food pairing here. I know we went a little bit. Uh, non-simplistic with the duck pursuit, but now we'll uh, we'll take it down a notch here. Uh, I think just adding some vinegar here is really going to go a long way to kind of complement uh, this fruited sour. And so I think you can just go salt and vinegar chips. Just allow that vinegar to do all the work in complementing uh, this sour because it's it's good enough on its own. My kids, uh, my kid likes uh, salt and vinegar chips. It makes his lips turn white because there's so much like salt and vinegar in it. But um, I, uh, I I could see uh, maybe getting like a clementine, eating some clementines, just mixing the sour and sour action. Um, you know, maybe some like some fresh clementines or like some pineapples, uh, like a little bit of fruit with it. This this beer doesn't. Um, it's not like it doesn't it's not bitter so uh you can you can kind of pair that together with like a sweet fruit or something like that or a sour fruit yeah. um that's something that i i would do with that i really did like this beer uh if we uh if we ever go to toronto i know i got people in toronto you got people in toronto um if we ever go out i'll there, be out in toronto again this year so i'll definitely bring some more back yeah 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 we both uh have work components uh that are related back to toronto um yeah we'll bring some back or you know who knows maybe i'll be up there and i can uh i can pick something up so um sounds good yeah well done this was uh as always a pleasure yeah, no, we uh, we powered through. Uh, we had lower energy, but I think uh, I think that was better. I think um, sometimes we uh, we were just talking. I listened back to some of our old episodes. We were a little bit amped. We were a little too uh, amped. Um, but uh, you know, everybody who's uh, been listening since the beginning, or you know, just started listening now, we 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 greatly appreciate that. Um, you know, we we appreciate all three of you. No, just kidding. Um, we we appreciate all the listens that we get. Uh, regardless, um, it's a lot of fun to create this. Um, you know, and it's just uh, it's just a good time, and we're we're excited that you know for you guys to join us uh, on this ride, especially you, Nancy, especially you. <laughs> uh, you can follow us on Craft Studios Pod on Instagram. Um, we're posting. All the different uh, updates, all the different shows uh, that we're doing. Um, all, you know, we mentioned all the breweries in it, uh, so that you can go and you can try some of these beers, you can watch some of these movies. Uh, Jordan, what are your handles? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at a uh, j underscore Digglesworth, uh, and I've been jumping on Twitter again. So if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at just got real r e e l. Uh, since I used to try to have a movie blog back in the day, that's always been what it's called. Yeah, and you can actually go back on Twitter and find me at Donna's Boone on Twitter. And you can go back on Twitter because that fucker Elon Musk doesn't uh, own it. So you can go back on Twitter. <laughs> it's safe again. You don't have to deal with uh It's with never going to be safe. <laughs> it's never safe per se, but uh, at least, you know, uh, a megalomaniac doesn't uh, own it. So, 
But uh, again, to everybody, thanks for listening. It's uh, all we got. Uh, Jordan, why don't you sign us off? Don, it's a pleasure, but I'll tell you, I'm not that compelled. Ha, <laughs> ha,